Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen! It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak Show. This is episode 177, brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. That's K-I-S-T. As always, joined by the best doggone co-host in the game, Mr. Nine Year Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. Ben, how you doing, buddy? Everything is delicious, but wash your hands before and after you eat it. It's kind of the state of where we are. Are you surviving the, the quarantine well, my friend? Yeah, I mean, my average day does not change at all. Same. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, oh, working from home. Like, yeah, you have one pair of sweatpants, that's a go-to. And a second yep. pair of sweatpants that you wear when you're washing the first pair of sweatpants. That's rule one. That's what I got going on right yeah. now, so I feel that. Rule two, don't buy cookies. You go buy cookies, <laughs> you're going to eat cookies. More cookies than you want to in a smaller time period than you intended to. Yeah. It's very standard. I feel so bad for Mare, who works in local news because her life is terrible because it's mm. just overall panic and it's her job to update the people on Corona every day. So she comes home and she's like, this is ridiculous. And I'm like, it's pretty much exactly the same for me, but that sounds <laughs> rough. Uh, yeah. yeah. We're just going to kind of see what happens with the draft and go on from there. Yeah, that that's something that's up in the air. I, I got little baby, a uh, little wee toddler Augustus home more often uh, now. But other than that, like you said, my day hasn't really changed. And it may not change with the draft either. Apparently, despite what general managers, owners, or whatever it was, they voted against it. But it doesn't matter. The NFL draft isn't going to move, apparently, from April 23rd to April Well, the 25th. general managers were like, yo, we need more time to get ready. And owners in the league were like, yeah, but also we'll be the only sports thing happening in the entire month of April. <laughs> and you probably don't need more time to get ready. Yeah, I would be I would be really worried about someone like the Houston Texans with no GM trying to go through this shortened, abbreviated process with no official I would be really worried about the Houston Texans. Period. The end. <laughs> right. I just I'm concerned. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna make a citizen's arrest uh on their sake. But yeah, so definitely it, it's gonna be weird. We'll see we'll see what happens. I mean, hopefully it does stay on course. It might be a really weird draft. It'll be interesting to look back on the results of this if it stands like this. But uh first news of the day, Ben, we are recording on Wednesday around six PM. Uh the Eagles showed a bunch of interest in nickel cornerbacks with their first wave of official visits before that got shut down. For instance, they brought in UCLA's Darnay Holmes and Louisiana Tech's Amik Robertson uh, in that way. We talked about that on here. Holmes is 5'10", 195. Robertson is 5'8", 187. And that apparent search for nickel help couldn't have ended more on the nose as they have signed former Rams cornerback Nickel Roby Coleman on a one-year deal that's worth up to $1.3 million, which is a steal. NRC is similarly sized as those other two cornerbacks mentioned at 5'8", 180. I looked back, and this is somebody that we, me and you, talked about in 2018 when he thought he might hit the market. I remember both of us liking him, and I think he's been severely slept on. Obviously, he's remembered more for the no call pass interference against the Saints in the playoffs. Uh, now that he's an Eagle, it was not pass interference and it never was. Anyway, just in case anyone was wondering. The real story with him is he's been a plus starter for years now. Uh -huh. And in that offseason, the Rams signed him to a three year deal. That third year was an option that the Rams declined to pick up, which saved them 4.5 mil. 
thus making NRC a free agent. Um, I tweeted these stats out, but I really think they show his effectiveness, effectiveness over the years. I looked up his yards per coverage snap compared to other slot corners around the league. Per PFF, he ranks 7th, 1st, and 3rd over the last three years, respectively. Quarterback rating when targeted is also looking clean, 90.5, 81.1. And 81 point, uh, I think 80.1, they rank 12th, 4th, and 4th, respectively. People have asked me if he's a better option than Cravon LeBlanc, and I would say yes 100 times over without hesitating. The stats, I cited, bear that out too. He's been healthier. And look, not just for, and the Eagles have some juggling left to do in that secondary, which I want to talk about specifically at safety later, but for now, sticking with the cornerback group. How are you feeling about this new addition, Ben? Yeah, so firstly, I'm not going to say he's better than Cravon LeBlanc because I'm not going to say anything bad about Cravon LeBlanc because <laughs> it's the best way to get yelled at on the internet is to say anything bad about Cravon LeBlanc. The Eagles corner room is big small. Yeah. Roby Coleman, small. Uh, Avante Maddox, 5'9", 184. Cravon LeBlanc, 5'10", 190. Uh, Jalen Mills, who plays a position in the defensive backfield. There's no way of being sure in what it is. Uh, Eagles have Mills listed at... 6191. I don't think he's six foot. I think he's 5'11. But anyway, they don't have big corners. The only big corner they have is Russell Douglas is 6'2, 210, and they're probably going to trade him. They're sticking with off coverage. They're going to be good man cover on slots. The Nickel Roby Coleman signing is like he's good and available and cheap. It doesn't fill a big need for them, in my opinion. I think between Avante Maddox and Cravon LeBlanc, you expected that you would have your nickel corner. So this is like, all right, he's a good player. Apparently nobody else wants him. We'll gladly take him. It doesn't solve the overarching issue, which is right. we got Darius Slay on one side, who's six foot one ninety, not huge. And we got who knows who on the other side, the amount of people like I, I, cause I asked this after the Roby Coleman signing, I was like, who's corner two? Who's the other outside corner? The amount of people who were very confidently like, dude, what are you talking about? Cindy Jones was shocking. Yeah, buddy. I think we can all recognize this is about the Sydney Jones redemption tour for this me dude's specifically. Been on the team for three years. I'm going to save this audio for when we're talking oh about this later heavens. on. For when he's playing well as CB2, and I'll delete this entire podcast when he inexplicably craps out again. I mean, but but I, I think you're you're dead on with this. It's definitely not just oh it, oh it's Sydney. You know what I mean? If it is Sydney, there are things working against it. That's if Russell Douglas doesn't get traded. That's if they they draft a quarterback, and that's if they start. According to BleedingGreenNation.com, this is reportedly the favorite. It's rumored that Avante Maddox is the favorite at CB2 as it stands right now. And my thoughts on Maddox, it's complicated. A, with Slay being able to shadow wide receiver one, I think the need at CB2 becomes less urgent. Would you agree with that? Yeah, because now I'm positive who I'm throwing the ball to starting on Monday. I don't even have to worry about which side to line him up on. But you can help him more, and you're also not going to be getting wide receiver one reps against CB2 as often. Yes, like, sure. Like, it's still important. Don't get me wrong. It's still important. Right, I like, I uh, I made this joke to somebody. I was in a dialogue with somebody about the Eagles cornerback, too. And because somebody had shared, like, with Nickel Roby Coleman and Darius Slay now added, like, the Eagles cornerback room is a lot better than it was. And I'm like, that's exactly what Jim Schwartz is going to be saying to himself in the mirror in October. (laughs) When he can't figure out why for the life of him, they're still giving up a ton of passing yardage. Little do we all remember that for some reason, Jalen Mills somehow ended up the Eagles starting outside corner again, right? So like, and, and, and we're not done with free agency. We're not done with the draft. We're not done with potential trades, whatever. But as it stands, the Eagles cornerback room is both one, markedly better than it was last year. And two, still is a good shot to be a problem because it is very, very thin. So let's continue on the Maddox thoughts here. Uh, My second thought was 
we have to recognize that Maddox took a step back last year. And I think we've talked about that a good deal on this show. Was not as good as his sophomore campaign as he was as a freshman. Uh, C, I think we can also recognize that he played very well on the outside when he had to during his 2018 rookie campaign, including two very good games against the Texans and the Rams. But those two games should be taken in the proper context because he wasn't just manning up DeAndre Hopkins like all game. You know what I mean? He was given a good deal of help with cloud coverage and the like, which hid his limitations, let him leverage and overlap underneath zones, which he did very well. Ben, like, where exactly do you stand? Like, if Avante Maddox enters the season week one at outside cornerback, you're just as concerned as I'm getting from you right now, right? You remember Maddox against Allen Robinson a, a, against Chicago in the 2018 playoff game? Yeah. For, like, three quarters. Well, coming into the game, we were like, this is a problem. Mm-hmm. And then for three quarters, like Maddox had like an interception go through his hands and he had another PBU and it was like, whoa. And then on that last drive, when the Bears were like, hey, we probably need to get yardage quick because we need to get points. We need to win this game in regulation. They just started hitting Robinson on 12 yard out, 15 yard deep comeback. Right. And Maddox had no answer to it. Now, why? Maddox can't sufficiently press on the line of scrimmage nor can he compete at the catch point with large outside receivers because he is just too small right remember as i like to always remind everybody body max is the fourth smallest arm length ever recorded by a defensive back in the history of the nfl combine (laughs) right which is objectively not great now the easy response is he played outside corner at pitt and he did and pat narduzzi the head coach at pitt runs you know three three fire zone right so so he's he's constantly got maddox bailing into a deep third and then maddox is wicked quick and super competitive and that was where maddox was able to be successful you know the quick transitions getting back in phase it was all good but when you watch that tape at outside corner at pit you could tell that he was going to be at a disadvantage on some plays whether he simply just had no answer because he was physically limited the dude was a fourth round pick for a reason hmm. right and Eagles fans have a big love for Maddox and appropriately so because when the secondary went into its dark ages in 2018, obviously the secondary goes into the dark ages at least once every single season, the 2018 dark ages, Maddox was the solution, right? Maddox started playing deep safety for them when Corey Graham and Ronnie McLeod were hurt and he was slack corner and then he became outside corner and he played that playoff game and they won and he wasn't awful and like, you know, there's a lot of love for Avante Maddox. He wasn't as good in 2019. And he played way more so his intended position, slot corner, mm-hmm. than he did in 2018, and he right. wasn't as good. And so I don't think Eagles coaching staff has that degree of faith in him, nor do I think Eagles fans should. So to me, I think Maddox has a bead on – he's going to get to compete at outside corner, I'm sure. I think he's more likely to be the fourth corner on the field, which the Eagles didn't do a lot of four corner stuff. They tend to like to do these stuff, but with Mount, yeah, they did a little bit of it, right. uh, of it at the end of the year, but that was it. Yeah. Right. But now if your starting safeties are, are Malcolm Gen- or uh, Ronnie McLeod and Will Parks, maybe you're more likely to do it, but also maybe you're starting safeties. Uh, uh, you know, you have Jalen Mills as your third safety, in which case you're obviously going to want to bring Jalen Mills on because he has man cover experience. Cause he used to be a corner. So like, I don't know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be tricky to figure out Maddox's path onto the field if he doesn't win that outside job. And if you're asking me right now, open competition, him, Sydney, or Sewell, I would guess it's Sewell. And this is from John Clark. He was saying when, when Nickel Roby Coleman, because like, Avante's still going to be in play. If he doesn't win that outside job, 
apparently, Nikorobi Komen, I mean, the, the contract basically states this is a $1.3 million deal, up to, anyway. Uh, right. He was not promised the starting gig at the nickel spot, so Avante can compete yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, like, if Nikorobi Coleman doesn't win a starting gig at a slot spot, I'll be legit shocked. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Me too. That, I, I like him a lot, but despite not being told that, I think I think that's what it is, and that's what I would pencil it in as. Looking at the, the rest of the secondary here, safety. Man, we gotta we gotta talk about it because right now you've got Rodney McLeod returning, which I mean I think we both feel he's a solid veteran with limitations that we want to upgrade in an ideal world. But they also signed Will Parks from the Denver Broncos. I was just watching more of him try to seek out some of his free safety reps uh, because he really didn't kind of take on that that role beyond Week Four. I think he only had one free safety snap in single high after Week Four. Uh, I'm still not really sold on him. Uh, but I think he could be a perfectly cromulent safety three with some hope that he could be a spot starter, I guess. Nothing. Uh, there's no greater, uh, you know, vote of confidence than hitting that perfectly cromulent from Mike. I'm telling That's you. you know <laughs> that I'm you are right average that I'm firmly waffling on you. Uh, the, the problem for the Eagles, obviously, with that being that safety three projection, there's no clear starting safety uh, next to McLeod. Uh, and it cannot be cannot be Jalen Mills. And on this point, (laughs) look, I'm I'm just tired of seeing the phrase Malcolm Jenkins role being applied to guys like Jalen Mills. Here's the thing. If anybody's going to be filling Malcolm Jenkins' role, it's not Will Parks. It's not Jalen Mills. It's not Ryan McLeod. Right. It's just Tavis Brown. (laughs) (laughs) You look at Malcolm Jenkins' snap count density last year. He was a linebacker. All over the box, yeah. He is in the, and it's not even enough to say in the box. He is at the same level as Nate Gary and Nigel Bradham. He is inside the widest defensive end, uh-huh. right? He is a primary run defender, and then he is a short zone guy. And like, as his athleticism depreciated, but he remains an incredibly instinctive and intuitive player who has unbelievable recognition skills, and then has, you know, for a linebacker, for calling a linebacker, elite movement skills because he's. 220 pounds or whatever jenkins was awesome in that role he was the man if anybody's gonna fill that for the eagles it will parks and and, and jalen mills they're, they're not big enough they can't they don't have enough size it will be jatavis brown who was a safety convert to linebacker at akron who plays around 227 pounds i think it is that the chargers had him listed as it's gonna be brown it's gonna like people are like oh brown's in the Kamugoje hill Grugier was 240. Yeah. He, it, Brown's going to be the Mal- doing Malcolm Jenkins-y stuff in terms of what their actual responsibilities are in any given play. Yeah, I, I still have an issue with calling it that, though. I mean, you look at what the Malcolm Jenkins role is. There's like 20 different alignments and assignments for, for, for any given play that he has to know and then community the sec- communicating to the secondary on the fly. Like, there isn't a guy that can do what he did from a mental perspective on this roster to fill that role, period. It's such an underrated thing to talk about because we get wrapped up in like these perceived athletic limitations of older players, and that's all we tend to talk about. But find me a smarter safety type that can also fill in the box, play free safety because he had a, he had a good amount of snaps at free safety as well. Tell me a, a guy that's smarter than Malcolm Jenkins, pre-snap and post-snap, because I'll go and find you a Hall of Famer. That's that's what we're talking about here. So it's probably just like a stupid pet peeve of mine, but like I think you're really setting unfair expectations on a converted safety, 
a hybrid linebacker safety that hasn't really played like those those coverage roles and a backup safety when you hit them with that label. And, I, and I'm not trying to like shade Park or Parks or Mills or, or Brown, but I just think it's a misrepresentation of what the Eagles can realistically ask whoever that player is to do. I mean, the guy played everywhere. I tweeted out his alignments. There are games where he's in like 17 to 18 different spots. Like we say box, but you're right. It's not just the box. He's at different linebacker positions. He's on the defensive line. He's mugging the A gap. He's doing all of these different things. Plus, he's at wide corner on both sides. He's in the slot on both sides. Like he's on the edge. Like he's he's doing literally everything. You're not going to be able to ask Jalen Mills to take on that mental load, Will Parks, Jatavius Brown. That's it's just unfair. It's setting them up to fail, and it's not something I think the Eagles will ask of them anyway. Like Parks is equipped to do it to some extent. Brown, like you said, is equipped to do it to some extent. Malcolm Jenkins is Malcolm Jenkins is Malcolm Jenkins is where right. I kind of fall on that. You know, I, I mean? think I think if if we take just at what position was Jenkins when the ball was snapped, which is not a good indicator of what a player does. In right. case anyone was wondering, but like that's the thing that like a lot of places track and and share that information and whatnot. If we if we take a look at that, I think the player whose snaps most match Jenkins in 2019 will be Jatavis Brown or okay. whatever equivalent player to Jatavis Brown if like Brown doesn't make the roster or whatever but like it will be to me like when they took Brown like he makes the most sense of the box safety dude the way Malcolm was so allows you to play Rodney High and allows you to play Parks or Mills over number two over number three against Trips in big nickel right so over a wide receiver which is both which is the best usage I think I would say for both Parks and Mills if you disagree about that on parks. Cause I know you watched some of his film and you can, and that's fair. Um, but I think that, that ideally you want them over tight ends, over big slots. That's, that's where he's going to be at his strongest. So the overarching point here is like, how are the Eagles going to replace Malcolm Jenkins? They're not. And if <laughs> they were going to, they should have started trying to do it in 2017 because right. <laughs> you cannot ask players who make the free agent market or rookies to know and understand and be as good at what Jenkins is good at. It just doesn't happen. I definitely agree. So there's still like a lot to work on when it comes to that secondary. And of course, we have draft stuff to talk about as we amp up towards that. When we come back here, they're going to switch sides uh, to, of the ball. We're going to go to wide receiver, talk about the inactivity that's happening for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's coming up next here on the Kiston Select Show. And we are back here on the Kist and Solak Show, episode 177, SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation, bringing it to you. Michael Kist here with Benjamin Solak. Ben, we talked about the defensive backs. Let's talk about guys that are going to be running those routes against them. Let's talk wide receiver. And Ben, I was always kind of in the camp of, I don't think the Eagles are going to do as much at wide receiver as people thought. Like, we were getting mock drafts with like three wide receivers taken, and then they also wanted to take a free agent, right? I always thought that was a bit overkill and like part of that was still contingent on Alshon Jeffrey's status and seeing as that Alshon Jeffrey is still on the roster as of right now despite the ability to eat his dead cap over the next two years that's how it seems to be playing out for the Eagles right now you saw Robbie Anderson take a two-year deal 20 million dollars from the Carolina Panthers you took you saw Brashad Parabin fill his spot at the New York Jets with $6 million guaranteed. I think he could get up to $8 million. That's a deal I would have done, and I was really hoping the Eagles would do. They do not, and they have not signed anyone. So you get to a point now, it's like, okay, what's the plan? Because really the 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 big options out there, aside from like guys like Taylor Gabriel or Demarcus Robinson, right? Like those guys are just like going to fill out depth but not necessarily be an answer. 
there's just trades left and then you're trading away more draft assets when you have want to have more swings at the plate in the draft. So what what you're thinking right now as we stand here, I'm not, I'm never going to panic on March 25th. I think I think a lot of people are and it's a bit premature, of course. I mean, that's that's the fan base is what they do. I totally get it. But like I'm not in a panic, but I am concerned as far as like how this is going to flesh out over the coming months for the Eagles. I am panicking on March 25th. Like make it very clear. <laughs> okay. One, what in the name of God does it mean to say we don't want a veteran receiver, we want a young one, so that the young receiver can mesh to Carson Wentz's style? Yeah, who was that? Who said is that? that? <laughs> Somebody, and, and, and the follow-up was like, that's why the Eagles didn't sign, like didn't bring in like any other like big-time play caller offensive coaching. Like, <gasps> You're gonna bring in any because none of them wanted to come and they can't yeah. play cold, cold plays. You you would you would think with a receiver who's got four or five years in the league that's not a rookie, you would have a better chance of trusting that guy at least with being at the right spot, being at the you know with the right timing, all of that stuff, and you can work on it from there. Like this issue of chemistry with Carson Wentz, I think is wildly overblown to the right. point where it's what, being like prohibitive. Who, 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 what what do they think? Carson is like, 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 <laughs> right. like, we never hear this with any other right, exactly. Like, what, like, Carson's skill set is so particular. No, it's not. It's not. Like, it's what, really like, not. is what is he like? Oh, he can only throw these seven routes and the other six routes he cannot throw. So, we can only run these routes. We want receivers who can run a pivot route and a curl route. So we run 95 bajillion of those and a three step slant. Like, what even the frick is this? Last season. When Deshaun uh, Deshaun Jackson was available for a trade of a seventh round pick, nobody had any qualms about veteran receivers. Then is this is this just like an extreme overreaction to Alshon being upset? Is that like we we gotta right. not we can't bring in a veteran wide receiver because they're gonna have an expectation that we actually throw them the freaking football instead of throwing it to our tight ends? Is that what this is? I feel like, you know, these wide receivers got to go to like the Church of Scientology and get a personality test and make sure they check out right. Like, that's how crazy this is sounding to me. Right. It's wild. And so, OK, so uh, after making dozens of calls on the receiver market last week, the belief is the Eagles want a younger player who will mesh with Carson Wentz rather than a veteran who might have his own style, his own style of play. I who is, don't, who is that from? Listen, <laughs> what does that you, even mean? Okay, OK, so it is. It's ESPN.com, NFL free agency buzz from all 32 teams, which was written by Jeremy Fowler, ESPN staff writer. Um, okay. I can't access the things. It's ESPN Plus. But shout out ESPN. You guys do a great job. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it um, sounds insane. Right. So I couldn't see that. Also, BLG noted that it's similar to the uh, what John Clark's been talking about with the, the Carson and the kids vibe. Uh, you know, he, uh, Wentz able to do this past season, free to be leader with younger receivers. They say inspired them. I believe the decision to let Jenkins walk is about changing the overall team dynamic, so that this is Wentz's locker room. That's John Clark. No, no I, I get, I, I get the one part of it, and I talked about this, I think, earlier in the off season or late in in the season, with the fact of okay, maybe the Eagles need to do what the Seahawks did with Russell Wilson. And these some of these veteran voices, these stronger voices, these older aging guys need to be done and they need to make this Carson's team. That does not mean completely avoiding like 26, 27, 28 year old free agent wide receivers. That does that's 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 a bridge too far, man. That's that's he, taking it to an extreme. Right. Here's my thing. If your theory on your locker room dynamic, like how the emotions of grown human beings will mingle. 
which like let's not pretend let's be honest here you cannot project that right you like right. you know like right. Like, you know, like you, you can be like, oh, like, you know, like you are an annoying person. Like you're an a-hole and I don't want to hang out with you. Like, that's not hard. Whatever. You're, you're taking a, you're taking a chance on these young guys with their work ethic too and their, and their character. You know them less than the guys that have been in the league because you can talk with other teams and see how they mesh right. in the locker room. Right. Like the, so the theory with like drafting a, a rookie or, or, you know, whatever, like is that they'll just fall in line because they've never been in the league before. That's, that's. You got it. You gotta adopt them young, Ben. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, it's like when I got Nugget in nine weeks, so she never know anything besides listening to me. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so like, but back to the salient point. If your theory on team culture and on leadership, and if you if you need to insulate Carson Wentz so much that you custom pick a wide receiver who will have the best emotional relationship with him, this is you you built the team wrong. Yeah. I don't want to say like you have the wrong quarterback because you don't, but it's like you you're offensive structure whether it's coaching staff whether it's quarterback whether it's scheme whether it's general manager or owner should not be prohibitive to you acquiring talent to win football games now i would say the big caveat with that statement is like some individuals in the nfl and otherwise are inherently bad people and you don't want to bring in bad people you know like the the eagles are a big part of the philadelphia community and they are a public uh, vision and like when obviously they don't have malcolm anymore but like the malcolm jenkins chris long era is still very much real and so like they are they were a politically charged organization at that time that's still residual it's still there even though those players aren't there they stand for something you don't want to bring in guys who don't stand for those things that like culture fit i get especially in terms of like People with like legitimate off-field concerns, like criminally, justice-wise. Okay, huh. but like we don't want a veteran because maybe he won't listen to Carson enough. <laughs> Somebody got to sit Carson down yeah. and be like, "Screw you, no." Or somebody's got to sit whoever had that idea down, Doug, Howie, whoever, Jeffrey, whoever it was, and be like, "This is stupid." <laughs> yeah. Right, and like this and, is taking and, emotional intelligence right. to a whole new level, and it might be once that needs to sit them down to be like, "Hey." I can guys, I can handle this. Like, and, yeah, and, and usually, like, I'm a little bit like more like, I don't think this would make sense, and I would do like that. Right. This is just flat out dumb. What are you thinking? <laughs> you have to acquire talent. Right. That's that's paramount. If you think you can anticipate fit this well, boy, you better draft the rookie of the year. Yeah. Because apparently, you're so good at reading how the talent scheme is going to fit that you're passing on a pretty active veteran free agent market to draft a guy who may not even end up being there at 21 or 53 or 100 or three, whatever the heck you end up picking. Oh, I don't know. When they have to trade up to 16 to go get Jerry Judy. I'll be frustrated. Exactly. So there you go. Yeah, I, I'll be very frustrated if they have to trade up. And that's what a lot of people are asking me now. Like I've been saying, like, I really don't want to trade up. And like, I think 16 is the furthest I want to go. I don't want to trade up for one of these wide receivers. I just don't. I don't think that's great value. Right. I think replacing such an outsized emphasis on the wide receiver position that the league itself sees as like a dime a dozen position because the Eagles have been so bad and having to hit the reset button uh, a couple of times now, a few times now, really, with Carson Wentz at the helm. So I, I don't know, man. Like it, it's it's super frustrating to to get to this point, and, and I understand why people are panicking. I don't mean to poo poo them because like how can you trust the Eagles to get it right, especially when there's this type of stuff floating around and they're narrowing their focus and handcuffing themselves so much if this stuff is true 
to, to what they can get out there on the market makes doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So a lot of questions in the air for the Eagles right now, what to do with the rest of the secondary, what to do with the wide receiver position. Uh, ben, any other thoughts on what's going on with the Eagles or, or the NFL before we uh, before we kind of get out of here? The Eagles should offer Jadavian Clowney. Yes. <laughs> can you imagine? You... Oh, my God. The reaction. Yeah. I just I. Maybe not Clowney. Offer Everson Griffin. Tell Everson Griffin, hey, we'll re-up Clowney's market for you right now. Yeah. Let's get a new edge in the building. Would you would you rather sign Everson Griffin or trade 21 for Yannick Ngakwe? Oh, just sign Everson Griffin. Chill. Oh, for sure. Yo, yeah. Yannick Ngakwe, I'm sorry, Everson Griffin, for a good portion of last season, looked like 2017 Everson Griffin when he was freaking right. dying. Well, it's, it's the thing is, like, he had to take the time off for mental health, and that's going right. to terrify teams, especially because he can't travel and they can't talk to him. For sure. Um, Which, you know, whether or not that's warranted is, is, is just is what it is. Yeah, I don't know. No, I mean, league is good. Excited for the draft to be just a bunch, just a Zoom call with all 32 <laughs> general managers. Kevin Colbert, I have no idea what's going on. It's going to be great. What are, you, what are you watching right now to get through this uh, this period? Are you just straight through working? I know you got contextualized quarterbacking that you in your in your draft grades and everything like right. that for the DraftNetwork.com. What am I watching for work or what am I watching for fun? I'm watching Peaky. You're watching Peaky Blinders? Yes, I told Let's you Let's go. Let's go. What season are you on? Season three, oh. which is not as good as season two. I like the fact that there are Russians, though. That makes me happy. Yeah. No, I... You, you got a lot coming to you season four. Season four is like my bay. Yeah, season three, the events of season three, episode two at the charity dinner, no spoilers, <laughs> had me up. I was not I was not a happy camper. So I took a couple of days off to emotionally yeah. recover. <laughs> and then uh, and then I was OK. So now I'm watching again. I like it. Who, who are you watching film wise? Uh, in terms of good players I've watched recently, Justin Heron is kind of good. Uh, mm. Wake Forest, day three, tackle guard, backup, hopefully about to tie replacement. I'm in for mm. that um next up on my list i have francis bernard out of utah logan wilson out of wyoming linebackers freaking sick do you you mentioned offensive tackle where do you think um pert is going from yukon round tail it's pert dang pert pert or pert no it's 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 not pronounced as it looks i know that for sure he is good and That's what I'm saying. I was I was gonna say because like the Eagles need that backup offensive tackle. If he no, was gonna be gonna there start. in round three, I would take a swing right away. But you're saying round two, I think that's kind of where he's he goes. gonna start and he's gonna be good and he's more athletic than Josh Jones. He has better film than Josh Jones. He and he's a nicer person than Josh Jones. I spent 30 seconds talking to each of them, so I would know. <laughs> uh no, I'm a bit... the guy. The guys at midday 180, Paul Kaharski, uh, spent some time with with with, uh, with them, and he said he really liked them. And that's no, what he's looking at. super friendly, super smiley. He's a great dude. I like him. I like Akeem Adeniji out of Kansas. He's another guard tackle swing. Justin mm. Heron guard tackle swing. I want the Eagles to draft Alex Taylor because he's. It's like Jordan Mailata was huge. Alex Taylor is like if Jordan Mailata fasted for a week. He's just like humongous tight end. I want them to put him in jumbo packages. I love um, Alex Taylor out of South Carolina stays an ex basketball center. He's 6'9, 310, like 88 inch wingspan or something. It's ungodly. Yeah. So, we're going to be talking draft uh, coming up uh, pretty soon more heavily. I'm also going to be talking with Eric Crocker about the cornerback group because that's still something uh, out there for the Eagles. We're going to run through uh, his top 10. Uh, but other than that, Ben, say goodbye to the gentle, gentle listeners. Thank you as always for listening to Kiss and Sorry, Joe. Yeah, on BGN Radio. We do appreciate you swinging by. I don't have to do the whole quadcast outro. So right. There. That was impressive. One breath. Please. I, it. I could have done a whole second one. Uh, 
No, but thank you for listening to Kiss and Soul Like Show. Uh, podcasts galore, articles galore, as you and we, you and us both try to get through this uh, very odd spring and into the very odd summer that certainly is waiting. Uh, so if you want to catch all the episodes, which they come out fairly frequently, even though it's only off-season chatter right now, make sure you subscribe to the pod, to the feed, uh, at BGN Radio on Twitter and on whatever app you listen to your podcast. So you can follow Mike on Twitter at MichaelKissNFL, it's K-I-S-T. You can follow Ben on Twitter at Benjamin Solak, that's S-O-L-A-K. You already said the next shows, so I have nothing else to add. Yeah, I'm Love not you. sure if those will be the next next shows, but I talked you over you. Say that again something. for the listeners. What? Just tell them you love them. I love you guys. so you nice. <laughs> we all we got. We all we need. Fly, Eagles, fly. B.G.